there are a lot of quite understandable fears about what artificial intelligence, or AI as it's referred to all over the place, could end up doing to music. I first came across something that was technically generative, I think is the term that people use, something called bronze format about 10 years ago or more. An artist called Gwilym Gold made a track which he loaded in the stems and then the music just started playing. Stems are like the fragments of a song, so the violin might be on one stem and the piano on another. So a stem is like in the in the industry something people talk about a lot. So to make a remix, you often need the isolated vocal stem and maybe the drums and maybe just like the cymbal or maybe just the bass. So hopefully that makes sense of what a stem is. With the bronze format, it would take those stems and it would do some magic. Then it would just start composing. The production would change, the mix would change. Sometimes it'd be a cappella with a tiny, tiny little piano line coming in. And I was fascinated by it. And I think I wrote a column at the time for the Sunday Times. And I was really just kind of blown away by the possibility of it. But there's lots and lots of other things happening with artificial intelligence and music and all the different data points that can feed in. And over the last year or so, I've been pretty blown away by something called Endel. It's a app which generates music in real time. So by generate, I mean it's taking data around the weather, around how fast you're walking, and adding that to its composition of strings and pianos and textures. It's mostly textures that you really get from it. Feed in, or you tell it what kind of activity you're planning to do. If you just want to concentrate, it will play certain noises and sounds which soothe the brain, don't distract you too much, give you a tiny bit of energy. It's it's quite something what it does. And they've just launched this eight-hour sleep piece of music, having spent most of a couple of years ago working with Max Richter on his sleep project. Max pioneered with what he was doing with that and really, really set a different tone for what people start to use music for. And I say use music because it's about function. And I think I think I've always used music in a kind of functional sense, but never really thought about it like that. So soundtracking a bad mood, soundtracking misery, soundtracking like needing energy to get to school in the morning, soundtracking all these different things where music becomes both backdrop and forefront to the experience. But I think that's possibly overthinking. And this is a podcast for overthinking what music does and how it impacts us. So I was really fascinated by the idea that they've worked on this big sleep piece, but also just really about how the app works, how James Blake fed them sounds and music and it creates James Blake stuff in real time, how Grimes has done something similar in Miguel. So, and how potentially what they're working on is not necessarily a rival to music. I feel like what they've created is something which is going to give the chill out versions of big songs and they talk about an EDM track they've been reworking um, how they can essentially use the technology they've built to do all sorts of different things and what they're using it for at the moment is possibly just the start. Oleg, when I looked him up he's like worked in video games and was a journalist for a bit Dimitri's released a whole bunch of records on Fat Cat and Deutsche Grammophone and um, I found a really nice review of one of his records on Drone and Sound. So um, I'll link all that in the bio. There's also a link for a free month trial of Endor, which they've kindly given us. So if you are fascinated 
as fascinated by all this as I am, you're going to find this conversation about science and technology and music as mind-blowing and exciting and potentially for some people a tiny bit terrifying but hopefully you will learn something new over to the guys hello my name is Alex Davidsky and I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders at Endel hey everyone I'm Dimitri Evgrafov I am lead sound designer and co-founder of Endel thank you for joining me um, before we get into the interview here's a little taste of what Handel actually sounds like. So in an interview with Apple, you talked about people self-medicating with sound. Can you expand on what you mean by that? What I meant by that is the the rise of the so-called functional sound or functional music market, right? Like is if you look at top 10 most popular, most consumed playlists on any streaming platform, you know, be it Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Amazon Music, at least three or four of those playlists are going to be what we call functional, meaning, you know, you'll find a a relaxation, a sleep, a concentration, a study playlist there probably. And what this tells us uh, is that, you know, the world outside is crazy, obviously, and it's getting crazier by the minute. And people are just turning to sound, you know, to feel better. And it's obvious why, right? Like, because sound is very powerful. And it's the easiest way to control your environment. So naturally, people are using sound and music to feel better or feel different, right? Like to get into a a certain, what we call cognitive state, you know, like uh, be more alert, be more focused, um, sleep better, relax better things like this. So that's that's what I meant by self-medicating with sound, meaning, you know, people are turning to sound to feel different or feel better. My first introduction to the company, I was playing around with the app a little while ago. Um, And you know that thing where your cookies then kind of know you visited that website, you start to see ads. One of the first ads I saw was about, I think it's something like this is give your brain an orgasm. Is that one of your ads? (laughs) um, (laughs) It's such a powerful idea that sounds can be that powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, like you wouldn't believe um like the amount of hours i would say we've spent kind of debating whether we should run these ads because uh, obviously you know because it's there's there's this natural kind of clash between product people and brand people in our team and yeah. the people who are responsible for growth and obviously they tend to run ads that just you know grab you by the neck and, and wow. just you know, kind of um, drag you into a product um so yeah they came up with this yeah. brain orgasm kind of <laughs> phrase and it kind of stuck <laughs> um yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think it'd be good for us to, to properly get behind some of the science so you touched on one of my 
first questions that I was really curious in. The difference between music and sound, you've, you've referenced sound a couple of times in some of the interviews I read, you talk about soundscapes. Do you think that Endor is sound or music or is it some sort of hybrid of both? Well, we treat it as sound and we like as opposed to music and I think there is a more of a narrative aspect to it rather than like technical or uh, definition of of mu- of music or sound obviously obviously it's 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 closer to music than to sound because it's organized and it's uh tonal and it has it follows um musical rules but we say it's and and we present it and treat it as as a sound because we do not want you to or anyone any user to put the same amount of attention and treat it as music and uh we wanted to want to use it to make it a background thing we want to use it to make a thing that just is on and it works by itself and you do not follow the structure of the sound you don't follow the um like oh it's a good melody oh it's a good chorus progression or what what not uh we treat it as a just a um like a way of tweaking and elevating your cognitive state by a sonic medium uh-huh. and not as a entertainment tool okay. yeah i i also want to add to that maybe you know the way i define personally sound versus music is you know music is something that is designed for conscious listening meaning you know that is just something you intentionally listen to like you put on a record like you listen to it you pay attention to what's being played whereas sound is by design something that that is just there right like and obviously that is a very arbitrary line and that is just my definition uh, uh, sorry my distinction i mean between music and sound and you know like this is i mean if if you, if you, you know remember like what john cage said you know how your body produces all sorts of sounds and he's always like well as long as my body is as long as i'm alive there's always going to be music in my life because my body produces sounds yeah. uh so yeah i mean obviously that is a there is a very very blurry line between music and sound but to me that line is you know lies in the intention you know whether what what is being played right now is designed for conscious listening or not do you think in a way, like function is something that music's possibly always had, but it's turned into a kind of entertainment medium and it's turned into an artistic expression. Whereas actually, some music can be quite functional. Do you think? Do you think that's been a bit of a change of thinking? A hundred percent. Yeah, music. I mean, initially, music always had a function, right? Like, I mean, if you talk about like ritual music, if you talk about you know um, tribal music. Yeah, always had a function, you know, and it, the it, it's always it was rooted in in all sorts of functions actually that it served. Oh. Yeah, and same as art, really. Like if you think about this, but like art was always very religious until it was not. 
Yeah. Um, so I'd say same with music. Um, yes, initially music was very functional and it had a purpose to serve. So let's jump into a little bit of your backstory. So you're you're two of the co-founders. So there's quite a few co-founders of the company. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how Endel started and how you both got involved? Because I've I've found other one of you's a games journalist. I've I've found other drowning sounds written about some of your records. Um, so yeah, so I was. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and a little bit about Endel? Well, yeah, <laughs> I can start with me. I'm I'm a self-taught composer, sound designer. I've been working since like like 16, 17 years old as a composer, sound engineer. Uh, I have like a dozen albums released on different labels, including Fat Cat Records and Deutsche Gamophon. I've been working as a composer for films, at ads and like a dozen of games and which I guess those actually... those, th- those things are kind of functional music as well aren't they like the music serves a yes purpose. yes I think we've yes I think this is the important stuff because for composers who work on a on a film or on a on a game dev it's always important for them to sense what function the music has to serve. And yes, it was, I think for many people in this craft to be aware of what people, what user or uh, listener or audience have to feel at this very specific moment and how it has to serve the bigger purpose of a film, of a game or whatnot. And how did that, turn into Endel? Whereabouts did the Endel journey begin? So, yeah, this this goes back to, yes, exactly, the six co-founders of Endel, right? Like, so there's, there is, and there always was six of us, and, you know, I always like to say that it's like my second family, because we've been working together, God, like almost 10 years already. And um, so before Endel, we started another company that was called Bubble, B-U-B-L, and it was a series of digital art for kids' apps. Like, not your average kids' apps, very abstract, with a lot of attention to design. They almost looked like Kandinsky's paintings that came to life. And, you know, those apps, they were, uh, they dealt with the correlation of color, form, and sound. So all of those apps, when children interacted with them, by playing with an app, they would always create a music composition in one way or another. Like that was not the purpose, but music was always generative in those apps, or interactive at least. So sound was always kind of uh, a big, big part of what we do. Uh, and then when that company, you know, won a bunch of awards from Apple and eventually got acquired by uh, a big publisher here in Germany called Fox and Ship, we just, you know, we sold the company and almost immediately transitioned to start Endel. So it was kind of a very, very natural kind of evolution of what we do. And sound was always a big part of what we do, except this time it was actually me and Dima. Like we started, uh, you know, while the, the four others were kind of wrapping another project, we started talking about this idea for Endel, uh, um, about this idea for creating an app or a technology that would generate soundscapes to help people, you know, focus, relax, and sleep. And we started talking to, um, 
you know, a neuroscientist, or a physicist, actually, a Russian physicist, who wrote a book called The Physics and Anatomy of Music. And, you know, I vividly remember this conversation. We were like, well, you know, can you tell us what kind of sound should we be using? And he was like, it needs to be personalized. It cannot be just one sound or one playlist for, you know, any situation. And we were like, oh, I guess we're going to have to build an AI. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's very important that we initially started thinking about creating the sound, the functional sound for large spaces like co-working spaces and um, cafes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we thought that it will be easy. But yeah, yeah so like I said, uh, we quickly realized that it has to be pers- personalized. And had you both been listening to things like pink noise and brown noise and green noise and those like sound generators you have for sleep or anything, was that part of the inspiration? Or I was always listening to a lot of Brian Eno. Uh. <laughs> a lot of Brian Eno. I will always work uh, to Brian Eno. And, you know, I like to joke that, you know, because I listen to music on vinyl and I just got tired of kind of turning the record <laughs> because, you know, when you, when you put the record on... It's only what, like 20, 30 minutes one side. And it like, you, the moment you get into this flow state, then it's over and then you have to stand up, like turn the record. And I was listening to a lot of discrete music and obviously uh, music for airports. And yeah, so there was a lot of that. Um, there was, uh, yeah, we, we, also, we also recently actually got, got approached by a guy who created uh, the Buddha machine. Remember mm. the Buddha machine? Yeah, I had one of those for Christmas one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he just dropped us an email. He's like, I'm a big fan. Uh, we're like, what are you talking about? We're huge fans. So that was also a big inspiration. And we, at some point, kind of referred to Pendle as, you know, the next generation Buddha machine. Mm. Um. So when when I was reading a few things about the company and in your manifesto as well, you talk about technology. Do you feel like this is a way that like almost like a judo move of technology using technology against itself? The idea that the energy can be from technology that's playing with our brains and the need for what Endel's creating. Do you think it's a technological response to technology? Yeah, I I, I thought about that question a lot. Like, I mean, I don't think it's, just the technology, I think, is just evolution in general. Uh, right? Like, as, as a, I mean, not necessarily biological evolution, but we, you know, we evolve as, as a society naturally, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, tech obviously plays a huge part in, you know, kind of in the crisis <laughs> that, that we're kind of going through as a society. Uh-huh. Uh, the the crisis of attention, the, you know, the mental health crisis, definitely, you know, the the anxiety crisis, sleep pandemic, um, all of that. So, yeah, it is. I would say it's not tech. This crisis, I would say, it's not tech. It's not caused by the technology, but it's definitely driven mm. by technology. That's yeah. my take on it, Jim. What do you think? I think that, uh, like without being uh like too much of a like prophet of a of a of a like functional music. Uh yeah, as I said earlier, I saw it like great, great potential, the functional music. And I was always drawn by the fact that 
Uh, I I come back to the game development, for example, because like for for decades, I guess there was a concept that the sound has to follow what the character do- is doing, and the technology right now enables us to do it to do the same thing and to get enough data, get enough inputs uh, to fit it into into the real-time um, musical engine to adapt the sound and make like an ultimate soundscape to your life. Yeah. So it's something that is finally happening and uh, that's super cool. Because I think one of the things I found interesting about using it, so it's obviously it's beautiful and quite chill kind of music a lot of the time, but not always. But things like the BPM changing to your... Is it, does it actually change to the pace you're walking? It sort of uses the stepometer to figure out like what rhythm to play it at. In does that one? <laughs> yes. Um, and, one and of what, many. Uh, um, and it, the weather is a factor, and the time of day. Like, can you tell me a little bit about some of the science of how those, how the AI kind of changes and generates the music off of those kind of data points? Well, uh, yes, the pillar, like there are a few pillars that, that are there. Um, for example, at the daytime, you would want to remain productive. And that way we um, emphasize on a different kinds of psychoacoustic trickery. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that way, for example, in our focus mode, um, like there is a steady rhythm. It's, it's just there and it keeps you alert, but... Using our like using the circadian rhythms, we know that your circadian rhythms are changing, and the circadian rhythm is 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 like is a, is a constant flow. We follow the your internal rhythms, and we adapt the sound constantly to slumps or peaks, and um, that way we can adjust the like Im- the right amount of alertness uh, yeah. that that we want to emphasize. And in a sleep state, in a sleep soundscape, obviously it's other way around. We want you to guard you. We want to guard you from the from the outside world. We want to like guard your sleep. And um, uh, we've got a uh, like great great um, collaboration with sleep uh, researcher Roy Raymond, uh, who helped us to create a, a sleep onset phase, which helps, which starts just before. You just like just before you, uh, like you're in the bed but not sleeping, and this time is very very important, like as important as the sleep itself. The sound follows you and supports you, and getting it right is as important as making those background sounds effective. So, yeah, at this time of day, the sound, it's is rich with white noise, colored noises, like uh, in, in a broad sense, with is with colored noises, with just the right amount of oscillating the um, like uh, uh, those noises and making them like breathe. Like um, we've got a special um, like jingle. Uh, <laughs> what we call a jingle, but actually it's it's it, there's a fancy word for it. Like it's a sonic entrainment or um, it's the way that using the same sound from day to day 
it's like a cue for your brain to go to sleep. It's like a, a ritual. You're creating a, you, a small habit, a small ritual to switch your brain into the, okay, I need to go to sleep soon mode. And uh, using this psychoacoustic and behavior tricks here and there uh, helps to create a different soundscapes for create different scenarios for different times of day so it's uh, not just one or two aspects it's it's a lot of small things that 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 happen at certain points during so, the day so that sound before you go to bed is that kind of like an earworm but in reverse so it's like a sound that makes you feel like Obviously, it's doing other things, but the habit of hearing it, knowing that's the sound to go to sleep to, is that kind of what you, what yeah, you were saying? It's almost like a Pavlovian reflex. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of trains your brain into kind of switching into this prepare for bed mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And another thing is that we do not like it's 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 very important to uh, like say that we do not track the sleep phases because like after doing a lot of research in this direction we realized that we cannot assume at which sleep state uh you're in accurately enough and actually we can like there is a possibility to do more harm than good so we do our best to create sort of a universal soundscape that uses sound masking there's uh-huh. like a fancy word for it called uh broadband sound administration <laughs> yes <laughs> and yeah it's like yeah it's and, and and doing our best to uh keep your sleep as even like as even as possible from the sonic point of view when and when not I've trying to predict what we can predict <laughs> when when i've tried it it's sort of like putting up a mosquito net the sound kind of just mm-hmm. creates this little tent around you of sound. This, the um, I guess my brain's quite visual when I'm thinking about it. But that I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like there was a con- consistent sound, which meant I wouldn't hear traffic and I wouldn't hear like someone mm-hmm. showing in the street. So it's sort of like it creates this little field around you. Um, so exactly, you've as we're talking about sleep, you've got a project which by the time this podcast runs, we'll be live with Amazon, which is an eight-hour piece of music. Is that... Could you tell us, tell me a little bit more about what this project is? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, frankly, a precedent-setting deal because this is the first time a major streaming service commissioned, you know, a generative AI company to generate a whole playlist for them. And they're not you know, even hiding the fact that it's AI generated. In fact, they're, you know, they're getting behind this in a big way. So this playlist not only will be generated entirely by Endel using our, you know, uh, proprietary technology, it's going to be branded with Endel. So you'll see a lot of tracks there and all of those tracks are going to be by us, Endel, which is very interesting because, uh, yeah, I think it speaks to that approach that we've kind of always been talking to, that Andal is built at the intersection of art, technology, and science. So they see us an expert not only in generative music, but also in the neuroscience of sound. So they see us as, an expert, as experts in, uh, you know, the sounds that help people fall asleep. 
So what's happening here is, yes, we have literally generated that, that this whole sleep um, process that Timmy just mentioned that is kind of divided into phases, which is, I mean, if you talk about kind of the sleep science, right? Like your sleep session, each and every sleep session is divided into several phases. There's the so-called wind-down phase when you're not in bed, you know, like you're brushing your teeth or whatever you're doing before you're actually in bed. That section is when your body's so-called parasympathetic nervous system is supposed to be activated. And that means that, you know, like your, your blood pressure is going down, your muscles are relaxed, and in general, your body is kind of preparing itself for when it's about to go to sleep. Then you're in bed, but you're not asleep just yet. This is when the so-called sleep onset phase begins. And it's just characterized, like the quality of your sleep onset basically is characterized by how fast you can fall asleep. Then there's the sleep session itself, and then there's the wake-up phase. So what we've done is basically we've generated a soundscape, like a whole soundscape that kind of guides you, like soundtracks all of these phases. And in this is because this is exactly what's happening on our app. But then we've kind of tried to mimic that very same experience on Amazon Music by generating hours and hours and hours of sound uh, that can walk you through all of these phases. And this is going to be published in the form of a playlist. And we then had to uh -huh. literally you know, export several hours of sound and then cut it into tracks. So, um, so in theory, like Endel's like a band, and in your band you've got scientists instead of drummers, um, and you've made an album that's going to run on Amazon. Is that kind of how it works? Exactly. We've made a, an eight-hour-long album. So that's going to be slightly different than to Endel that we've been discussing with kind of personalized sound, and so that's going to be... So a bit more like you did a project with James Blake, didn't you, where on the app you get one version of it and on streaming you get a different experience. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your partnerships with some of the artists and how that works? Like, I get the impression they sort of send you sounds and yeah. then, so, then it creates music. Yeah. So in order to answer that and like why we started doing this, like I'd need to explain a little bit about how soundscapes um, are created in general on Endel. So... The way it happens is we basically create, um, you know, a library of stems, and those stems are being fed into our algorithm, and the algorithm basically, you know, it multiplies them and synthesizes new sounds from those stems, it arranges them, splices them together, overlays with some filters and post-processing effects, and this process is being run in real time, and it changes, um, you know, depending on the inputs, right? Like, so the inputs change also, yeah, the, the process adapts to that. So that's how it always has been and how we have been producing all of this in-house. So in the beginning, it was Dimitri's team that was producing all of the stems and feeding them into the machine. And then the machine, you know, did the rest. And we have this fancy instrument called Endel Studio where, you know, all of this magic is happening basically. But then at some point we had an idea. We were like, okay, but what would happen if we, would, we were to invite another artist and they would create a stem pack and it would clearly have their DNA in it and we would feed that into the machine and then the machine would produce um, still an Endel soundscape, but it will have like a very, very clear, you know, trademark sound, uh, the DNA of that artist kind of that you could immediately recognize. So almost like kind of, you know, extract the DNA of an artist. Right. And uh, so that's why we kind of at some point started 
reaching out to artists, but then, you know, Grimes just approached us and actually she was she was like, I'm a big fan, I'm using Yandel, I have trouble sleeping, I'm using your sleep mode, I really like it, I want to figure something out, and we were like, we have a project for you. And this is how AI Lullaby, this sleep soundscape they were built with her was born. So she essentially created a stem pack, and that stem pack was built exclusively for us following our scientific guidelines. So Dimitri would create like this guideline document and he he can talk a little bit more about like what that document contained. But then the end result is a stem pack that is produced by the artist and then it's fed into the machine and the rest is done by our technology. And the same process happened with James and Plastic Man and Miguel and Laraji, others we've kind of worked yeah. with. So what 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 do you have? What ingredients do you need? <laughs> What's on your request list? Well, it's uh, it's actually pretty basic for a, for a musician. For a uh, like, it's there uh, a few types of sounds that we that we most commonly use is uh, obviously pads. We ask for different one shots, uh, one shot sounds, uh, isolated notes. In, in a pentatonic scale, uh, obviously, <laughs> and uh, some chords, and we do not ask, uh, we ask for chords because we found out that um, more often than not, the signature style of an artist is, is in the chord voicings. So we ask for chords in the way they play it. So it's something that is uh, coherent to each one of the artist's style, and um, yes, that's actually a lot, a big part of of balancing between asking for small pieces of sounds, but not small enough so the DNA of an artist get lost, uh, and uh, that's why we ask, uh, for, like open-endedly ask, hey, please, uh, hey, hey, um, send us some nature sounds or F FX sounds or different percussive sounds, what, whatever you like, and um, just noodling, just play some like just noodle and, and give us the raw material and we will take care of the rest. And uh, so it's um, something of a very different approach. And um, in our experience, uh, the biggest challenge for artists, um, not for all artists, because some of them are some are more um, accustomed to, to to the approach, um, is 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 not creating isolated stems, but changing the way they create music and changing the mindset temporarily change the mindset that they deliver not finished stuff. That they cannot obsess over and tweak the smallest details in mastering. So we take care of the rest, and by extension, AI take care of the rest. So even like so, there there are no like I will say there is no bias in 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 this in this uh, process. But it it's it's less. There's definitely less ego. There's definitely less living like artist in in uh -huh. this sense. But so. Even so, it's much more important to like tweak our, the engine in a way so you can still distinctively hear uh, the, the artist we collaborate with. 
So if the AI becomes sentient, are you going to have to worry if it gets really into a certain type of jazz or Aphex Twin that it's going to suddenly in the middle of your sleep decide? <laughs> That's what that, we've been feeding our AI. Yes, yeah. like ours is going to be, you know, like ours is going to be like an ambient nerd, definitely. Yeah. I don't know about other uh, other networks, but ours is going to be very chill for sure. But you know, it's interesting because that process that we've described, this is how we have been working with artists in the past. But today, now, actually that process has changed and or rather has evolved because today we don't need them to produce specific stems uh, because our technology has evolved to a point where we can take any stems uh, they have and we feed them into the algorithm and then the, the algorithm does the rest. So for example, that Amazon Music playlist that we mentioned, it opens with a, a, a collaboration track with uh, this um, duo called K5, it's Dead Mouse and Cascade together. And they just had this hit, you know, EDM song called uh, Escape. And they just sent us the stems from the song and the rest was done by us. We created like, and it's a dance song actually, yeah. but we created like a sleep version of it with the algorithm. So they didn't, they didn't produce any new stems for it. So it's like a chill remix, but done Almost. by the algorithm. Yeah. Chill, scientifically engineered remix of an yeah. EDM uh, banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which is which is exactly what technology should be used for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, what else? And so in amongst that process of taking the DNA from an artist, is there something that you think might happen to music in the future? Like... I've been curious by the idea of almost jamming with yourself. So an artist that's trying to think of ideas can feed something in and then get something back and then might learn something about themselves from externalizing their music and filtering it through things. Is that is that something that any of the artists you've worked with already have said has happened or I think so. Right. Like I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it's you know, it's again it's a tool, it's a new way of producing music. Uh and it's uh you know, it's is Dimitri mentioned, you know, there's essentially two types of artists, like one who like to obsess and be in full control of, of the end result and others who are comfortable with this hands-off approach that was always kind of, you know, advertised by Brian Eno or like promoted by Brian Eno. So I think more and more people are going to be open to this idea of, you know, them throwing some, you know, essentially yeah, like extracting their DNA throwing it into the machine and then seeing what the machine comes up with. And then this is great for certain types of music, uh, for producing certain types of music, but this is also great to experiment with. And, you know, the, they can then, we are literally working on opening our technology for anyone to be able to use and play around with. Uh, and, you know, some people are, will like the end result. Some people are going to want to download the soundscape that our technology generated and just and finish it up in Logic or whatever it is that they're using. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm actually very, very excited about what's coming. I think it's, it's a beautiful time to be an artist, really. And do you think in some of the possibility of what you're creating, the artist might have daytime and nighttime and sleep versions of songs, like that ability to... If you can do that with an EDM track, like why couldn't there be a sleep version of a hip hop tune or a like really beautiful ambient version of some death metal song? If it yes. can if it can find the the bit of the 
because uh, so much music does have a drone element to it and could have a whole different kind of listening experience. Exactly. We call it a companion release. You know, um, that's exactly what we're talking about. And we're talking about this with literally like big R&B and hip hop artists, like about yeah. this approach. And because, you know, I, I was having dinner with uh, one of the managers who manages like really big R&B artists. And he said, Look, ultimately, what I'm interested in is, I mean, A, extend the shelf life of, you know, the album that my artists produce, because, like, we live in such a crazy world, you know, you release a new album, and within weeks, it considered back catalog, which is absolutely ridiculous and insane. And so I'm looking for ways to extend the shelf life of you know, the album that my artists put out. But also, I'm looking for, for them... I'm looking for them to connect with new audiences in new and meaningful ways. And my response to that was, well, yeah, you're working on a new album. Send us the stamps from this album and we'll come back with a companion functional sleep or focus version of that album. And you can use it as a part of a rollout strategy, right? Like you release the album and then a couple of weeks later you release you know, a sleep version of that album. And you listen to the album when we actually consciously want to listen to that music, but then you can fall asleep to that music now, to a, a functional version of that music. And yeah, my dream is this is where it's all going, you know, when almost every every album out there is going to have almost like a, a functional B-side to it. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. So which other bits of information for you would be useful to have to create? So for instance, if someone... Would we reach a point where someone might type in a prompt saying, I need to write 50 emails, um, get me something that's going to have the rhythm for my typing speed? Or would you be able to have something say that, um, I don't know, someone's about to do a 20 minute cooking recipe and they want a piece of music that's going to last and keep them uplifted, but they can put in, I only had three hours sleep last night, so it needs to be more needs to be more energy to it. Is that the kind of thing where you can see the technology going? Eventually, yes. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Uh, yes. And we would need to, in order for it to be really personalized, right? Like we'd need to, it's not enough to understand that they're, you know, about to write like 10 emails. Like what we really need to understand is like what Timo was talking about. Like they're so, so, so-called master circadian graph. Like if, if their energy is going up or down, so we would need to understand also... You know, their heart rate, their sex, their age, how much sleep did they get today? All of this information goes into the algorithm ultimately. Yeah, but it's it could be a prompt where I'm like, hey, I'm tired and I need to crunch through 10 emails. Please help. Yeah. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> um, is there anything um, else in the pipeline that with other technology you've been excited by? Like it just... Obviously, you've got the, the the audio side of things. And is there anything else with AI where you've been like, whoa, this, if we could join this to what we're doing, you could essentially create a video game or you could create a metaverse or you could create... Is there anything where you've been kind of excited? Because obviously, the visuals within the app are really beautiful and to like that gives a dimension. But I can imagine there must be other things where you're looking at if you could join these two things together. Or is it all, <laughs> all proprietary? Can't talk about it yet. <laughs> Uh, do do you have any? It depends on what we can speak about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we have a lot in the pipeline, and um, like there's a lot of exciting stuff uh, that's that's gonna happen. It was more of a theoretical question than a direct one, but it's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, in general, obviously, uh, you know, like text to sound is interesting. Uh, also, you know, just like what's happening with, you know, the visual arts right now with Lingam Dali and Major and Stable, it's just absolutely mind blowing. And maybe we use it at some point, <laughs> I would say. Right, like so, all of these things combined could result in 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 new products, really. But that's not necessarily what we're working on at this point. Uh-huh. Like we're working on something else. Terrific. <laughs> um, and I guess just finally, so how, with this new Amazon um, project, how how do you get that? How do you get that to play? Is there a simple prompt you need to shout at your uh, smart speaker, or <laughs> um, how how would people find it? People would need to, it's going to be called Sleep Science. Uh, so it, literally people are going to have to do something like, hey, play Sleep Science. Hey, Alexa, play Sleep Science. Or, you know, just find it on Amazon Music if they're using the app. Um, something like this. And is there anything else about Endel that we've not touched upon or covered? I think I feel like we've covered most things. Is there any of the, um, there's, there's a lot of com- complex science in amongst there. Is there anywhere... Like, you've got some resources on your website, haven't you, to kind of, if people want to know a bit more about the science. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there is there is our Discord, actually, that we encourage people to join because there's, there's just a lot going on there and we're actually, we're very open and we're carefully listening to our users and our community. We, I mean, if you join the Discord, you'll get early access to a lot of betas that we're working on and um, we're sharing them in advance with our, you know, most kind of hardcore, you know, and kind of loyal customers so that they can provide feedback. And uh, we found that to be extremely helpful so that we kind of understand what's working, what's not, what people are thinking about what we're about to release. And oftentimes, you know, we host interviews there and, you know, it results in some changes to the huh. product. So, yeah, if, if people really want to dive deep, I would encourage them to not just go to our website, but join our Discord. Uh, this is when where a lot of action is happening, and we're also just like doing like random merch drops for free, just sending stuff out to people, because yeah, like we're obviously not in the business of making merch at this point. <laughs> we just <laughs> want people to feel that they're part of this interesting new club that we're building. Yeah. And um, just final question: Do you think you're ready to traditional album again? You've now got an AI to, to collaborate with. Do you think you'll make an actual record? Do you yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. What, what, what's it, what's do, it again? Do, do you think you'll actually release another album having uh, tasted, oh. tasted the AI collaborator? Do you think you'll make another record? Uh, that's, that's hard. That's hard uh, because, yeah, it definitely it changes an approach to music creation and there is no getting back to these romantic idea of an artist with capital A who is uh, venturing into the unknown realm of of uh, self-expression uh, yeah and yeah that's that's something that that needs to be for me it's not enough and uh, there there is something that needs to be like the whole approach should be different and then, if you change the approach to more to like a zen-like approach while create <laughs> a release after all. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is a battle I have right now. Um, 
I would really love to do something, but but it has to be it has to be very sincere and very um, um, pure in a way because because Endel Endel uh, highlighted different way of of creating because uh, like uh, like at the very very beginning of Endel I knew the sounds that mm-hmm. that there there were like I remembered them uh, I tried to make them as um, like boring in a good way as possible but still after years and years of stacking and stacking layers of sounds and having five sound designers in in our team working full time you just add some content to the pool and you don't treat it as yours mm-hmm. never and and it's like doing it for years is a actually liberating well feeling that's it's a really nice way to end <laughs> i kind of like that idea of in the future have self-driving cars but you'll still have a sports car <laughs> <laughs>